You're listening to 247 Real Talk. I'm your host, Julian Perry, along with my guest for this episode, Minister Lawrence Coles III. We will be discussing empowering the youth in the black and brown community. So, Minister Coles, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me this evening. Uh, thanks for having me, Julian. Uh, it's a great opportunity to be a part of the podcast. I see all the all the great work that you're doing. So, you know, I'm very happy to be um, a part of your program today. Yeah, thank you so much. So, our discussion today is uh, one that's timely and relevant as we look at what's going on in the world with the Black Lives Matter movement. And I recently did a podcast talking about Black Lives Do Matter, but our lives must matter to us first. And so I've known you for a little while, and I know that you're uh, an incredible preacher, and I also know that you've been heavily involved in empowering the youth. So why don't you mm-hmm. go ahead and start off by telling us about those experiences as we get into this discussion. No, no problem. Um, well, I work with uh, young people. I've uh, been involved in youth ministry or youth outreach uh, for the past 20-plus uh, years uh, of my life. Um, you know, started uh, uh, serving and helping out in the youth ministry um, at a young age, you know, just uh, uh, just feeling that, that, that there was um, a calling over my life and just uh, seeing that there was a need um, for young people to not only know who God is, but to know that somebody cares for them, to, to, to know that they're loved, um, and really to like be a person like, you know, you know, in their corner. Um, and just that passion and that desire, um, has allowed me to do so many different things with, with, with young people, you know, over the years. Um, you know, I've been able to, uh, lead, uh, school assemblies at different public high schools, um, just, uh, presenting a positive, a positive message to, to young people, um, often using rap and using dance, um, you know, speaking the language of young people to, to communicate to them positive views, positive, uh, you know, uh, viewpoints. Um, I've also uh, been to countless, uh, you know, done programs at countless, uh, homeless shelters. Um, I've done toy drives for, for, for Christmas, um, at a Springfield family shelter. Uh, I've done that multiple years. Um, also, I, you know, I've done programs at, uh, at, at youth detention centers, uh, resident, residential treatment facilities for, for young people. So, you know, just that passion of starting as, you know, a 17, 18 year old, um, has really turned into, um, you know, just a path that God has kind of ordained and, and kind of uh, allowed me to go to different places and, and, uh, you know, speak, uh, speak the word of God and also speak positive messages to, to young people. Fantastic. So now we know for sure that you've, you've spent a lot of time looking at and, and paying attention, observing the youth in the black and brown communities. And, you know, one of the reasons this conversation is timely because that the, my last podcast was triggered by, uh, this past 4th of July weekend, 2020, where 
across the United States, there were, I think, approximately 150 shootings. Mm-hmm. And in this statistic was alarming because they were able to confirm that 100% of the victims were black and from the black and brown communities. Mm-hmm. And while we don't want to be presumptuous enough to assume you know, who the actor was, who the perpetrator was, we know from his, you know, historically that we have a problem in our communities where young people need direction, young people need to be empowered, young people have been a victim of, of what we're fighting against and the, and the, the institutionalized uh, and structured racism, etc., that they have gone in, in a different way, in a different path that, that is destructive to our own community. So, you know, one of the things I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to do by, for our listeners and, and as far as this podcast goes is to, you know, have a, have a nice discussion about how do we turn, how do we change the mindset of our youth within our own communities so that we can be united as a force as we go forward on the different uh, fronts, so to speak, of Black Lives Matter, the different challenges, as opposed to always having the distraction of the, of the destruction that's going on on black and black crime in our, you know, by our youth. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, one of the things that, you know, I've noticed um, just throughout the years and, um, you know, our young people are dealing with um, an identity crisis um, uh, in terms of really discovering like who they are, um, having people invest in their potential um, and really having you know, a community that can support them um, and push them, you know, to the next level. Uh, One of the alarming uh, statistics, you know, even for uh, for New York City, um, is just, you know, the the amount of young people who are growing up, you know, without a father, you know, um, and statistics show that, you know, kids who are, who don't come from, who don't, who, you know, don't have two parent households, who don't have a father or father figure in their life like that, you know, they're, they're less likely to graduate from, from high school, you know? And so, you know, it, the, the, the problem is, is really like, as much as it's the young people that need to change, like, you know, we have to really step up as a community um, to really, you know, step out of our comfort zone, kind of step out of, you know, our, you know, day-to-day regimen and really take time um, to really invest in these young people. And, and, and you know, a lot of that work is not comfortable. You know what I'm saying? A lot of that work is not um, just, you know, like, like, like you're going to have to be intentional. You're going to have to kind of step out of your box um, to do that, you know? And, you know, um, it's funny because, you know, my, my key for, you know, dealing with young people is, you know, I believe that, you know, young people need CPR, you know, like that's kind of been my, my, uh, my kind of saying, you know what I mean? And, um, when I say CPR, CPR stands for connection, presence and recreation, you know, connection, presence and recreation, you know, and, um, really, uh, you know, us as adults, you know, uh, people who are like community stakeholders, like we have to find a way to connect with the young people today, you know, and, you know, I understand that, you know, just, you know, looking at some of these young people, it's like, I, you know, I don't want to say nothing to them, you know what I'm saying? But um, we have to find, we have to be creative. We have to be um, intentional with finding ways um, 
to connect with, with, with young people so that we can provide uh, a presence and then also provide a, a space for them to be able to grow um, and develop uh, and to, to, to grow and develop. Yes, I, I, I completely agree. Um, as you were speaking, one of the things that also came to mind is, and this is a conversation I had with someone, I think maybe just yesterday. Mm-hmm. And the, 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 the heated conversation actually was involving our history. Now, mm-hmm. my position was, and I tell all my listeners all the time, my perspective is my perspective. It's not always right. It's not always wrong. It's my perspective, and I'm always willing to, to grow from it and, and to learn from these conversations. But it's my position that it is great to know your history, good and mm-hmm. bad. It's great to understand what the Black Lives Movement is about now and what we're trying to overcome. Mm-hmm. But I personally think that for us to move forward to become the leaders, for us to be known for our minds and our inherent strength. We have Mm -hmm. to use our history as power, not an excuse. Mm -hmm. And and, and I find, you know, I find people who talk about what we've been through and I see them, I see it energize them to make sure that number one, history does not continue in that manner and it doesn't repeat itself, but that we create sort of a new history for the next generation and then mm-hmm. I see others who simply just use it as an excuse for their behavior, you know, right. an, an, an excuse for remaining where they are, an excuse for, in some people, let's be real, laziness, the, the, the unwillingness to say it takes an incredible effort beyond anything I've ever done to, to get out of the mold that, has been, that we have been sort of... Um, uh, restricted in, you know, people are are a product of their environment, and it's conditioning that has a lot of our youth and a lot of our black and brown communities, our, our population where they are, and it's in many cases, depending on how difficult your life has been, it's a Herculean task to step out of it. There's this, you know, when you look forward to see where you make the next step. It just seems like there are so many challenges that are against us, challenges that people who are not in a black and brown community, you know, they, they don't face those challenges. And mm-hmm. so, you know, and this is why I came back to the conversation about empowering youth, because as long as we have different ideologies that are battling within our own communities, we, we can't be united and, and, and we need to be united because we need each other, the strength of each other in different ways to move forward. Mm-hmm. And, and this, and this, this, this shooting and, you know, this, this picking up of the gun instead of the, of, of using the mind and, and this picking up of the weapon instead of recognizing that our weapons are our strength that we were, that inherited us by birth is, is, is a big part to me, my perspective of the, of the destruction or, or the, the, uh, or something that makes it even more difficult as the Black Lives Movement as a whole, you know, forges forward. So, you know, the, the people who are going to carry on this this light, this torch, and get to where we may not get in, in our lifetimes in moving this movement forward would be our youth. And, mm-hmm. and, 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 and how do we change that mindset? How do we tell someone that, you know, yes, we know student loans are, are, are inhibitive and they're, they're overwhelming. Yes, we know that 
as as you maybe if you choose a trade and, and you're not um necessarily gonna go the the conditional college route that you you may not get the same position in the company that someone else may get. Yes, we know that in many cases and in most cases, every step that you you you, you try to make up the ladder, you're gonna face more resistance than others. You know, it comes to mind what was so blatant about the recent incident. I think it was in Central Park with the lady with the dog. And she's a VP in a company. So if I went to work for that company and I had dreams and I looked up from the bottom and I said, one day I'm going to be at the top, you know, how do we make that dream a reality when there are people like that at all levels and, and you know, and, and we're going to face that every day because I'm sure you faced it and I have faced it. So what do we say to them when they become so discouraged by, by looking up and seeing the mountain that they have to climb? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's a few things. I think that, um, you know, I think that learning our history is important. Um, but what I've what, what, what I've seen from young people is that, um, you know, even based on how society is, like a lot of things are visual. A, a lot of things are interactive. Um, and the same way they get the negative information uh, from those interactive tools, um, you know, just the person-to-person interaction um, with young people speaks volumes. You know what I mean? I, like, like I can say f- for myself, um, you know, even with the young people who I've been able to mentor, the young people who, who, who I've been able to kind of, um, you know, to, to teach and lead, um, the most important tool, the, the, the most important book that I've, uh, used to help expose them to truth, to help expose them to a new way of looking at themselves. The, 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 the most important, the most important book has been my life. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so, you know, a lot of times, you know, when, when, when I would be leading like the youth group, you know, we wouldn't get to the Bible, you know, until the last 20 minutes, you know what I'm saying? Like to start, because, um, what's happening is, you know, not only am I exposing them to my life, I'm asking them about their life and like that life to life, um, contact, um, you know, having them actually see a person who grew up in the same neighborhood that they grew up in, uh, who went to the same schools that they've gone to, uh, who made, who, who's, who's had to, uh, you know, make decisions to not interact and to go a certain route. Um, having that vision, having that person, um, up front, you know, and, and being able to connect with that person, like, you know, it speaks volumes, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, I think even, you know, some of the approaches that we even have with young people, you know, like, it's kind of prehistoric, you know what I mean? Like, and trust me, you know, when I grew up, when there was an adult in the room, you know, just based on how my parents raised me, it was Mr., you know, it was Mrs., you know, it was may I, you know what I'm saying? It was please, it was thank you, you know what I'm saying? Like, there was just a certain um, rapport and a certain respect um, that, you know, you know, I had for adults growing up, um, you know, our youth today, you know, they don't have that, you know? And so you can look at them and say, Hey, why don't you have that? It's your fault or somewhere along the line, you know, uh, somebody has failed them. You know what I mean? So, some, someone has not taught them, uh, these like kind of basic, um, ways to hold, you know, conduct yourself, these, these basic ways, um, to just present yourself, um, and to be respectful. Um, like there has been a massive failure with that, you know? Um, 
And so, like, the work becomes now, okay, like, these, these young people who, who somewhere down the line have been failed, you know what I'm saying, who somewhere down the line have, have not been taught these different things, like, how do we catch them up to speed, you know? And, you know, one of the things that I've had to kind of, um, you know, put into play uh, with the young people who I've been able to, to, to work with, you know, in this generation, it's like, yo, I don't come, like, I don't come at them in terms of like, yo, you got to respect me. Like, yo, my mindset is like, yo, I have to earn the right to be heard from you. You know what I'm saying? I have to earn the right to speak into your life, which kind of, which changes like the playing field. So it's not like you got to earn the right to talk to me. No, I have to earn the right to talk to you. Meaning that I have to come off my high horse. Meaning I have to come off the fact that, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm an adult or whatever. But it's like, yo, I have to meet you where you are um, and actually take an interest in your life and, you know, earn your trust. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, 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 um, and I, I can tell you that that, that approach has brought much fruit. You know what I'm saying? It has been, you know, successful, you know, it, it, you know, there were times, you know, where, you know, me serving as the youth minister at First Presbyterian Church and me being there, you know, I had an after school program kind of going on, you know, you know, three to three, sometimes four days out of the week. And I would get 40, 45 kids like coming in and I never put out no flyer. I never put out any, uh, you know, video promo, like, yo, come check us out, whatever. Like it started with me, you know, having that mindset, like you're earning the right to be heard. And once I earn that right from young people, young people say, yo, this dude is for me. Like this dude actually cares about me. Yo, I trust him. Like, yo, those young people became my spokespeople to bring in more people. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And so, um, but like the approach, the mindset was, okay, um, I'm going to not require you to look at me a certain way. I'm going to put the onus on me to come down to your level and to meet you where you are. And I think that's also like a biblical uh, way of doing it because as we know, you know, I mean, as, as, as Christians, like we, we sing it all the time. We say, yo, you came from heaven to earth. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, Jesus came from heaven down to our level to earth to show us the way, you know? And it's like, all right, yo, we have to be willing. Um, and, you know, at, at, at the cost of our pride, at the cost of even being disrespected, we got to be willing to like come off our come off where we think we are um, and earn that right to be heard by young people so that we can lead them. Um, yeah. Yeah. So now, yeah, that, I mean, that, that is, that is definitely a powerful way. And I think that it, it can, it's very successful, you know, reaching the minds of, of young people who are looking for searching for an identity, searching for a direction. But mm-hmm. even to that extent, you know, I, I all what also comes to my mind is so being being if if you were deep in the struggle of the black and brown communities and you were a young person, we know growing up, part of youth is exactly that youth. It is a mm-hmm. it is a, a knowledge growing process as we grow, and so we go through the phase where. We go to school, we go wherever, we look at our peers, you know, we want the nice sneakers, we want the nice clothes, we want the nice, and we don't yet have the maturity to understand everything that encompasses having that. 
And then right. we, we, we see someone who uh, sort of uh, befriends us, and that person has just about everything. And they mm-hmm. seem, as we always know, these things always seem like they're living an amazing life. The nice car, the nice clothes, the nice girlfriend, the nice everything. And, you know, a lot of times that person actually represents the bad element, the direction that we're trying to pull our youth away from. Because not in every instance, but in many cases, someone you know, at the same or close to that same age that has those kinds of material possessions um, considering that they, you know, if they didn't come from a rich family, has gotten it by mm-hmm. some other means. Mm-hmm. And I, I myself have dealt with young people where I've tried this, and I'm not obviously as skilled as you are when it comes to relating to them, at least you know, I don't think I am. And it, I've found mm-hmm. this battle of trying to say to them, you know, and they'll say to me, man, you, you know, you've been working here for how many years? You know, and and, and, mm-hmm. and you know, look at this. I look at my. I can get this and that in 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 you know, in, in a few days in a week. And and everybody, you know, it's it's inherent in human nature to believe that things happen to everyone else but ourselves. That is the mm-hmm. same in like the coronavirus or anything else. And it's the same as say these you saying I'm not going to get caught. Right. And, right. And so, eventually, what happens is they get caught. Okay. But by mm-hmm. the time they do that. They're so deep in. And then, yeah. you know, it starts off with the fluff, the nice cars, the shoes, the this or that, and that. But in the, in the belly of that beast, it ends up being, you know, you have to have the ability to keep it, maintain, you know, what they call street credit. And that comes mm-hmm. with other responsibilities, like maybe removing a, a rival, I hate to say it this way, from the face of the earth. So we go mm-hmm. from... You know, if you hear all these cases where people see someone who, from our community, who gets arrested and they're charged with murder and they kind of look at the kid and say, but wait a minute, he was a real good kid. He was doing well in school, very polite. Right. You know, what happened? And, and I, I'm saying this to you because as a part of what you do, that's a struggle that I have dealt with when I try to empower you know, uh, people. I've tried to empower youth to look at learning a trade. I've, I've seen the, the skill set they have. And I tried yeah. to speak with them to empower them. And it seems to last a short period of time before something else tugs them away from me and not something good. Right. right. Yeah. No, no, no. That's, that's true, man. And, you know, a, a big part of that is, is just the exposure. You know what I mean? Like the, the exposure and also them kind of being able to see like the, the, the relevance of what I'm exposing to you and why, uh, one of the cool things that we did at the church, um, a few years, a few years ago, maybe two years ago. Um, actually I, I believe it was last year, but, um, uh, we did a, a coding class, um, where the, 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 the youth who are involved in the youth program. Um, and again, like the, the program that I was running, uh, at the church, I would say, um, like I had probably 80% of the kids who, who was a part of the program during the week, um, their parents didn't go to the church. Like they, they were from the community. You know what I mean? So these are not church kids. These are not kids who, you know, grew up knowing, you know, the Lord's prayer, or whatever. Like these are kids who are from the neighborhood who, what we were able to provide for them was a safe space that they can go to and hang out after school. 
Um, they could have some recreation. They could have some fun. Uh, but 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 they, but they could also uh, get some mentorship. They could also get a warm uh, meal. Um, and then also like we talk about the Bible. Um, so, you know, and what we had going on, like, you know, we, we decided to do like a coding class, you know, uh, because coding is, is the future. You know what I mean? Like when you think about, you know, Bill Gates and you think about, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, like these people, they learned coding at 11, 12 years old, you know? Uh, years ago, you know what I mean. Meanwhile, in our communities, uh, you know, in our community in Queens, like th- there are a handful of high schools that actually offer coding in our community, and that's the future. You know what I mean? And so, like, you know, just kind of those kind of disparities, um, are setting our young people to already come into the game like behind, you know. And so, what 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 we were able to do is. Um, put together a coding class, but also we had people who work in coding come and talk to the kids and the kids got to ask some real questions. And one of the questions was, yo, how much money you make? Like, right. you know, like they want to know if I learn this stuff, how much money, you know, will I make? And like the, the, the lead uh, teacher of the class, he, you know, he shared with them how, you know, he works for the government, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, like you know, he has different, you know, kind of side projects that he does. And he makes over six figures, you know, a year, you know, doing doing coding. And, and, it's, and, and it's, he, you know, he's kind of like, you know, he's kind of like a freelancer. So it's not even like it's a full-time nine-to-five thing. Like, he freelances and he makes over six figures. And the kids is like, wow, you know what I mean? Like, so you're telling me if I could learn this? And, 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 and so, you know, I said to say, like, just being exposed to some of the realities of that. And because the kids got to be able to have a real conversation with, with, with the guy who taught the coding, um, the class was, you know, seven weeks, seven to eight weeks. The kids was there every week. You know what I mean? Right. Now they also there because, you know, we have food there. <laughs> like, so, you know, like just kind of meeting those basic needs, um, but also providing a platform for them to, 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 to actually learn coding. And, and one of our students who was uh, the top, uh, you know, the, the top student who, who knew how to code, like, you know, he's currently studying that, um, you know, he, he, he just finished his freshman year um, at, at, at Buffalo uh, University. Um, where he's he's learning, uh, you know, you know, computer coding. So, so again, like that class helped him to see how talented he was in that field, and now he's pursuing that, you know, in college. But if if our, our young people aren't having an opportunity to get exposed to these opportunities, to get exposed to the people who are doing them, to actually learn, um. And, 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 and glean from, from a person's life who's actually in that field, you know, those things become far-fetched, you know? And, and, and the fact that the person who was speaking to them was a person of color as well, you know, you know, it, it, it gets to be more, it's more realistic when you see someone who looks like you doing these certain things, like, it, it, it definitely serves as a source of inspiration and, and motivation, you know, for our young people. Yes, yes, I absolutely agree. And, um, I know this is a this is a conversation that you know um, there's so much to talk about, but one of the things I, mm-hmm. I I do want to touch on for this episode as well is growing up, you know, we, in in our generation, mm-hmm. um, whether or not, you know, I, first of all, I I know people who believe in a lot of different things, and mm-hmm. one of the things I say to everyone is whether or not you believe in God, whether or not you believe in the Bible, 
if you used right. if you use the Bible as just a guide to living, whatever your belief, it it teaches good. Mm-hmm. And when I grew up, going to church was not an option. It was right. mandatory. <laughs> Matter of fact, you know, growing up, I had to have what we called Sunday best, which was you had two or three suits, and those That's suits right. were only for Sunday. Right. That's right. And there were many things along the way that um, offered what what seemed like much better options. But we were, you know, it's funny enough because as as life changes, as 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 the world evolves, and as people's uh, concepts and ideologies evolve, they 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 put a lot of emphasis on having certain freedoms and liberties, but. For me personally, and again, I always talk about my perspective, the fact that I didn't have an option but to go to church eventually put me in a space where, you know what, I'm here, so I might as well learn what it's about. (laughs) And and while it was about learning about the Bible and learning about God and all of that, I think one of the major things I learned was about the other people who came there. People mm-hmm. who in that environment take it out of the concept of, of, of church for a moment. You have a you have a, a a set of people who live like your your extended family, who are there mm-hmm. for support and guidance. There's always someone you can turn to. I mean for anything. I've seen people in the church turn to someone when they were hungry, when they didn't have mm-hmm. a bus fare to get home, when they needed someone's shoulder to cry on, when they needed advice, when they needed you know, in every level of their lives. And so the institution itself offers mm-hmm. offers something that 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 uplifts you and gives you the strength you need to put one foot in front of the other. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm bringing that up at this point because when you talked about the youth in your program and the fact that the kids 40 40 something kids are from the neighborhood and then we mm-hmm. look we we look at these kids coming to the institution the building because you're representative of that but yet to get kids to go to church these days, to learn about the Bible and become part of that seems to be more and more of a struggle. And, yeah. and, and you look at churches across the nation and, and you start to see that, with the exception of a few of them, a lot of mm-hmm. congregations are slowly but surely becoming all mature conversation, uh, congregations where 90-something percent of the congregation is made up of older people. And yeah. they're struggling to get youth to come and, and, and I've seen this myself, even in the, in the in in myself being a part of a media ministry, and mm-hmm. wanting to teach youth and recognizing that youth have skills on on the on the on the mixing board, the audio mixing board, or or or, or video cameras or whatever, and they're excited when they start, and then as they as they grow up with us in the in the ministry, all of a sudden you see them leave or get distracted by something else. And you see them mm-hmm. fall off the wagon, and and it becomes almost at least in my experience, I can't honestly say, but out of all the kids, I probably only one or two, I was able to keep you know going that going down that path. The rest of them have disappeared. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on how do we bring youth back to this? This 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 church and, and and apart from representing you know God, have them understand all of the inherent benefits that will yeah. be an integral part of them living a good life. 
Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, in a lot of ways, um, you know, churches, churches have to change, you know, um, the way that young people communicate, the way they receive information, um, the, 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 the languages that they understand, um, you know, if a church is still kind of, if a church has elements in the service that hasn't changed for over 20 years, then you're going to miss out on a generation because nobody wants to be bored. Nobody wants to just sit there and just hear somebody talk. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a level of closeness that people want, right? This is, it's the old saying, people don't care how much you know, they care how much you care. You know what I'm saying? So you can know all this stuff or whatever, but if you don't care about me, if 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 if, if you can't be if, if you can't be a relevant part of my life, if you can't speak to what I'm going through, like if I don't see you as real, then I don't have to I don't I not only don't I have to listen to you, I don't have to go. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, I, I talked about it earlier in terms of, you know, somewhere along the line, you know, this, this younger generation, you know, has been, you know, like, like people have failed them. You know what I mean? Because, you know, I come from the same boat that you come in. Like, I, like I had, I had to go to church. Like, it, like there, there was an option, you know, but now you got kids who parents not going to church. You know what I'm saying? Who churches, you know, you know, before the pandemic happened, people was already watching virtual services. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, when, when, when they wanted. So, you know, when we talk about like reaching young people and actually getting them to the building, um, again, you have to be accessible outside of the building. You know what I mean? Like you, you have to be accessible outside the building. People, people, you know, it, it, it's, it's not this thing of just people coming together you know, for the sake of gathering, like, nah, the thing is like, yo, you got to come get me, you know? And, and, and for us as believers, we understand that, you know, Jesus mindset was like, yo, I will leave the 99 to go out and get one. So the 99, they could be straight doing the right thing, but I'm going to leave the 99 and go get that one. You know what I mean? And so like the, the, the mentality um, of how a lot of the churches function, has have to change, you know what I'm saying? And then, you know, and, 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 you know, that that might mean having another service that's for young people where the elements, where the flow, where the music, where the things that are happening um, is appealing to them because, you know, you might want to stay how you are so you could, you know, um, keep your regular people coming so you don't want to just switch everything. But you, you, there has to be an outlet. There has to be an arm. There has to be something that reaches young people to get them um that shows that you care, you know what I mean? And I think that when we talk about how, you know, the young people are today and how we see all this violence and all these things that, that are happening, like, you know, some people will say, oh, well, black people are just, you know, they're just violent in nature. No, like, yo, people act out in violence, like, when they're hurt. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you can't process what's happening, when you can't process your emotions inside, like that's when you bug out. That's when like those those outbursts come out. So like we have we we have communities. We have people that are hurting, and like you know the 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 the, the violence, the the you know the criminal activity. Like those things are expressions of people hurting. You know, and so it's like, all right, well, how do we address the hurt? And I feel like you know you know one of the failures of you know the church in general has been we haven't been relevant enough to the communities that we serve in so that we can start to address some of the hurt.
You know what I mean? Like, and you know, like, like I said earlier, like, yo, it's risky business. You know what I'm saying? Like I've had situations where, you know, I have young people who are trying to do the right thing. And then there's young people who, who want to do the wrong thing. You know what I mean? And you know, like I'm in the middle of it, you know what I'm saying? I'm in the middle of it, but like, yo, at the same time, like I'm actually trying to be a force, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm actually trying trying to influence, you know what I mean? And by the grace of God, like I've had so many situations diffuse in front of me, you know what I'm saying? I've had kids who had to like, you know, had to, had to, had to have them removed from the church and they come back with seven other friends like, yo, what's up? You know what I mean? And I've had to come outside and like, you know, by the grace of God, nothing happened, but be able to squash these situations. But like, that's because there's conflict, there's, you know, there's, there's issues there, but somebody has to be able to come in and, you know, speak to that. Somebody has to be able to, to, to come in and address that. Why? Because our communities are hurting, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, there have been, you know, letdowns in, 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 in our communities. And now more than ever, you know, I believe that, you know, like the church, you know, uh, us as individuals, like we have to, you know, I, I, I think, you know, as much as the pandemic, you know, shut down churches, I think that was for a reason. Like God's like, yo, yo, you need to get out the building. Like it's more than just coming in the building. Like yo, like if the building's closed, then what? You know what I'm saying? Like like how is your faith seen? How do people know that I'm real? What like like what can people see from your life? You know what I'm saying? Because if it, if it's based on the building, like like that's whack. You know what I'm saying? Like that's a club. That's a. a you know, a uh, 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 hangout place, you know what I mean? But, like, yo, unless we're relevant in the community, unless people, like, can see us as being real, you know what I mean? Like, people won't want to come to, you know, the building. Like, yo, we have we have to be, uh, like, our life has to be the message, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I, I, I remember a call, I, I don't remember it offhand, but it was like, yo, preach the gospel at all times and use words when necessary. So it's, so it's not even like your words that people are paying attention to. People are paying attention to your actions, like how you treat them, you know, like how, how you care for them. Like those things speak volumes. And, and, and again, I'm telling you, like I've seen it firsthand how, you know, just me listening to a kid, just me caring for them, just me even taking money out of my own pocket to buy them a beef patty. Like, yo, that speaks volumes to, to, to young people to the point where, you know, I could have 15 uh, young dudes come to a revival during the week at the church and they're just like, yo, like, like how do you get these kids to come here? Like, like they came because of me because, like, yo, they trust me. You know what I mean? Like, they, they, they trust me. I made myself available to them. I've earned their trust. And, like, they'll rock out with me. But that came through a process, you know. And, you know, unless we're really committed to the processes and kind of going through life with the kids to find out what they're interested in, what they want to do, um, you know, if we just mandate like what we think they need and, and don't involve them to be involved, like, you know, we're going to miss out on really having an opportunity to impact, you know, these young people. Well, yeah, I, yes, yes, absolutely. Um, it was, I, I was absorbing all of that. And I, I, I part of it that made me kind of, you know, jump back for a second is when you said you had to have some people remove and then they came back with others to confront you at a church. Um, yeah. You know, that is, That'll take me some time long after this podcast to wrap my mind around because as you know, growing <laughs> up for me as a kid, you know, you might do that in the playground, but you're certainly not going to confront a minister at a yeah. church. I mean, that is yeah, that's man. a different time. That's that's 
and, yeah. and, and, yeah. and then and, you know also i i have to really agree with you that um by denominations you know churches have a, an order of service so to speak mm-hmm. and i do agree to a large extent that the order of service has not evolved mm-hmm. you know with with our communities with our youth with our times and mm-hmm. so i think um one of the struggles is to get uh new people to go visit old you know old practices so to speak mm-hmm. and, and the the i agree with you that cuz you do see some churches you know some people gravitate to the the more modern and 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 upbeat um you know, uh music and 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 preaching and in that manner so i do agree mm-hmm. that you know, while you you have to find a balance between preserving the old and 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 incorporating and inviting the new and mm-hmm. possibly you know fighting against the actual um hierarchy within the within the denomination to say hey we need to change this a little bit we need more flexibility to to involve these people as part of it not even as as part of a congregation but also as part of the mm-hmm. the the um the the leadership you know mm-hmm. so that they say hey i have a place here too i absolutely agree with that so right. um this has been really great. This has been a, um, a quite interesting podcast. We probably will need to have a part two because I, I no doubt, no doubt, <laughs> there's several things that I have not been able to touch on yet. But this is a lot to absorb, and it's a great way for our listeners to to also absorb it and think about it for you know um, for some time. And they can um, definitely send me emails for all the listeners out there. Podcast at two four seven realtalk.net. They can send me an email, um, you know, with ideas of what they want to discuss or, or more they'd like to hear on this topic. And I'm so thankful that you took the time out to be a guest in the show today and to impart that knowledge and, and some of your experiences, some that um, I didn't even know about, even though I've known you for a while. And so uh, um, yeah, we, I have to say, you know, based on what I know you've done and, and based on what we spoke about tonight, you certainly have managed to uh, be a, a force uh, in the black and brown community to help uplift our youth. And we have to learn to do these things on a much larger scale so that, you know, the, the, the hundreds and thousands of youth that are uh, might be a bit lost to us can come back into the fold and can be, yeah. become part of the movement that makes and forges permanent change. Mm-hmm. So thanks again for being on the show. And, um, oh. I'm sure I, I do. I'm sure all my listeners appreciate your input tonight. No problem. Thank you for the opportunity. And, you know, I just want to leave with this last point that, you know, and, and, I, and I often share this, you know, you know, when I preach, you know, and, and the, the, the statement is, you know, change is not an event, change is a process. You know, um, sometimes we want to see change overnight and some people do change overnight. Um, but, you know, real change usually, it, it, you know, there's a process that, that that has to happen. And so, you know, for, for anybody who's working towards something, for anyone who's, you know, maybe you have a young person and it's just like, yo, they, they, they don't seem, they're not getting it, you know. I just want to encourage you just, just to stay along they committed to the process um change will happen um and especially if if we're allowing god to work through us um that change will be um 
permanent. You know, like I, I don't want quick change for you to go back to where, how you was. But uh, you know, if, if we're consistent and, and we allow God to be a part of the process, um, we'll begin uh, to see change happen in lives of individuals, but also you know, in, in our community. Yes, I, I, I second that a hundred percent. Thank you so much, Mr. Lawrence. No problem. Thanks for having me. All right. I want to say a very special thank you to my guest for this podcast, Minister Lawrence Coles III, for all the insight he provided. Also want to say thank you to my listeners for your continued support and for giving me much success with this podcast. You know that we release new episodes every Friday and once in a while there's a pop-up episode when circumstances require You can continue to listen to all of the podcasts on your favorite podcast app, or you can head over to the website, www.247realtalk.net. You can leave comments on each and every podcast that you choose. You can also email me at podcast at 247realtalk.net. So until we do this again, take care of yourselves and each other.